Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Health Services Division podcast. I'm Blake Gilman. Uh, just want to spend a little time with you today talking about three things that are on my mind right now. One is our status around PDPM. Two, what's happening with the health services conferences this summer and why you should attend. And three, a brief update on my Unity or the NetSmart product that many of you are using as an EMR um, within your health center. So let's kick it off with PDPM. Um, as everyone's well aware, <clears throat> PDPM is going to be starting this October. The challenge that we've got, because this is a broad sweeping change, is educating and training staff at every level at the community. Because truly, this this reimbursement system does impact not only how we get paid, but why we get paid. So it's the why I really want to talk about <clears throat> with you guys for a few minutes um, and why it's changing. As everybody's fully aware, the federal government for years now, primarily through MedPAC reports, has been very concerned around the utilization of therapy services, primarily what we call hugging the rug or therapy companies delivering minutes of therapy directly at the cut point for rehab, ultra high, very high, high, medium, and low. And and that's been a concern to Medicare folks at CMS for some time because MedPAC has been all over reporting that the statistics are uh, supporting of that that thought process. So rather than continue to what they believe to be overpay skilled nursing providers and really trying to get their arms around how we're reimbursed and what the patient needs actually are, they came up with this new reimbursement system called Patient Driven Payment Model, or PDPM. Now, here's the here's the crux of the whole thing. One is that if we t- take and set aside the therapy component to the reimbursement and we look specifically at what that resident needs and base that need around their diagnosis and comorbidity. So there's really two big issues within PDPM that we have to get our arms around. One is how do we select a diagnosis that fully represents the needs of the patient so that we can begin that that journey of treating the patient for the needs that they might have. So CMS, although the ICD-10 coding system was really never developed to be a reimbursement mechanism, they've leveraged that voluminous document to drive reimbursement. So step one is really understanding what that person's diagnosis is. Now, here's the challenge. When our physicians are doing diagnoses, they generally are not very specific with those diagnoses. At the hospital, the medical records department tends to kind of clean up some of those diagnoses that are selected. So we're we're going to have to do the same thing in working with our physicians to eliminate those generalized diagnoses. Um, a vast majority of residents coming into our communities today get a diagnosis for generalized weakness, which has been driving the therapy component of the reimbursement for a number of years because the code for generalized weakness allows the therapist to provide strength and conditioning to the residents. That's really not going to work anymore. So 
When we think about these diagnoses, I, I need everyone to pay attention to how within my own community am I going to identify the correct diagnosis for the needs of the patient slash resident and then use that diagnosis to, to move into step two, which is understanding what are the comorbidities around those diagnoses. The, the challenge at CMS is they've been paying for chronic disease management for years. So for example, if someone has COPD, CHF, um, diabetes, etc., those those diagnoses and people that have those those illnesses tend to use hospital services a lot. So one of the things that we can really do well under PDPM is to take and manage those those types of diagnoses within our skilled nursing communities to make sure that we are treating them for the needs that they have and really being good and careful at selecting those diagnoses. So the challenge is first step for you guys, identify someone in your community or multiple someones that really understand how to use the ICD-10 coding system. Now, one of the things that Laura Franco has presented or will be presenting as part of the PDPM training is how do we leverage the Team TSI data? They've done a really nice job identifying what diagnosis codes are reimbursable under the PDPM program and what diagnoses are not reimbursable that require more detail around the specifics of what that diagnosis is so that we eliminate those generalized um, diagnoses. So make sure under PDPM that you really understand how to select those diagnoses. Number two, what is the comorbidity? Um, you know, how, how can we leverage those additional comorbidities to identify other types of things that are impinging on the health and wellness of the resident? Because the real key here is to get them back active in their lifestyle that they had before, get them out of the health center, and on with um, living a healthy life as a, as a senior. So uh, um, under PDPM, you're going to hear a lot of things in the training there's going to be a great deal to do with MDS coding and how we're coding those MDSs. And for those MDS coordinators out there that are listening to this podcast, um, you're, you're going to need to be very keen on the changes within the RAI manual to make sure that you understand the new sections and how and where to put those um, types of things like diagnosis and comorbidity but more importantly, really getting your eyes and, and, and um, visuals on those patients as they come through the door. Remember, the, the real key here is within the, within the first five days when we do that assessment to, to be extremely accurate because anything that is requiring a great deal of service, we get an opportunity to capture non-therapy ancillaries or for the first th three days, we really begin to, to get paid for some of those high acuity type patients if we can identify those when they come through the door. So pay, pay attention to that and um, we'll get more information out to you as our, as our training program evolves. Um, item number two, thinking about this summer, our health service division conferences. We've got four sites coming up for, uh, with the first one on May 22nd being at Marquette, in, in Indianapolis. 
Um, we'd encourage you to, to attend, you know, bring anybody that you want that you feel like needs to hear the message around PDPM, requirements of participation, triple check, phys- working with your physician. And really, um, the meeting is going to be designed to develop a strategy at the community level that's useful when you go back to your individual communities to start to deploy these things that are coming down the pipe in in October and with requirement participation phase three really starting to kick in um, in November. So um, health service division uh, conferences are, are going to be really important. Um, the next sites are going to be um, the residences at Vantage Point, which used to be called Vantage House. We've got Cypress of Raleigh. And then uh, the last session that we're doing will be at uh, Sagewood in Scottsdale, Arizona. So um, sign up. Sign up early. Um, space is going to be limited, obviously, because the communities are hosting us within their space they have available for conferencing. Um, so make sure that you get a hold of... Um, our business unit assistant, Mary Guthrie, as soon as you can and get registered for what I think is going to be a really outstanding conference this year. Um, and then lastly, just to give you an update on what's happening with NetSmart, I know um, and certainly appreciate there's a, there's a lot of concern out there that they're not moving fast enough, but we had an opportunity last week um, to meet with the LCS team and the NetSmart team um, in Des Moines, to really talk through, you know, what what does the future look like, and is it is it going to be sustainable for us to continue to use this platform? And I I will tell you that we are one hundred percent supportive of the platform. They are making some pretty significant um, improvements. We found out that uh, a, a number of national companies have converted to the NetSmart product in the last, last 60 days. In fact, um, some that we would have never guessed would be converting um, that will be announced in the very near future. They're moving away from platforms um, different than NetSmart, uh, my Unity platform, which for the first time, at least that I'm aware of, people are moving off of some of these other platforms and embracing my unity. And I think it's primarily being driven by, by the, some of these new things they have available that are working extremely well. Referral manager being number one, where our communities can connect directly to the hospital. The hospital system upon admission will download and automatically populate um, the admission documents to take a lot of pressure off the nurses that they're having to key those in currently. So um, big changes coming with, with NetSmart. They're um, in the next 60 days going to be releasing another major release, uh, which contains you know a number of upgrades and improvements to the to the current system. So we continue in our at least in the health services division with John Anderson and Susan Adams teams um, to be bullish on this product as they continue to refine it. Their their real goal is to be the number one post-acute provider of um, software in the country. And I think they're starting to put some things into play that will allow them to do that. So 
Those are the quick three updates. I wanted to connect with everyone. Um, we'll get this this podcast released and uh, hope you enjoy. Uh, we'll try to do this on a more regular basis to give you just kind of a quick download on what's happening. And uh, this is Blake Gilman, Vice President of Post-Acute Care, signing off. Thanks for joining. Legal Disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.